every great dream begins with dreamers. Tom and Steve are strangers in a strange land. Join them on the journey from ignorance to knowledge, one book at a time, one chapter at a time. All aboard the Blunderground Railroad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blunderground Railroad, where we are traveling from ignorance to knowledge in our quest to give names to the society that, that is sick, the sickness in society. And so where do we start? Obviously, we start in the underground, notes from the underground, and we are in chapter four today. So we have a toothache, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like the dentist. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> I will I say got a that, problem. I got a problem right off the bat with this chapter, <laughs> man. <laughs> man, I, I will say this, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, and it's really it's true because I say this a lot, and people don't take people don't take me seriously when I say this, but it is it's amazing that more dentists don't get shot, right? I mean, <laughs> we don't. I mean, we 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 have there's an epidemic in the society, and I mean, we have. We have all sorts of places to get sh- shot up, right? We got brothels getting shot up. We got, I mean, grocery stores getting shot up. We got all sorts of places to get shot up. And why are we not having dentists that are getting shot? Because you got to go back and see them again. It's kind of like in the military. There's a few people you didn't mess with. The people that made your food. Ah, all right. 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 Yep. Touche. And, and the people that, that dealt with your pay. Touche. You, you didn't mess with them. You, just, you don't mess with them nope. at all. No. Nope. Even if you outrank them, whatever, you did what they said. You don't. You don't want your food messed with. You don't want your money messed with. Wow. You got to go back and see the dentist. You're going to be nice to him. That's it, you know? he can make it hurt more. Well, you know, and that's the thing, you know, because if you're going to, like, here's the thing. If you're going to be dealing with, like, a backup two-bit sawbones, and he wants to take off your leg, <laughs> I mean, this is probably, this is something. <laughs> so this is a process. It takes about five guys, maybe six, seven guys, and I'm going to hold you down. And then you're going to get the saw, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of screaming. There's going to be a lot of blood. There's going to be a lot of threats and all these sorts of things. A harsh language, I would assume. And then the legs, the legs going to come off, right? So that leg's coming off. But let's say that you have a second-rate two-bit sawbones, and that's your dentist. Hmm. I mean, so this is this is not a good thing hmm. because that saw is going. I mean, it's going right in your jaw. And I don't know how many people you would need to have to hold you down. Uh, Ooh, I mean, I don't know, man. Those those instruments are going right in there. Well, it's a tough sell. That's why. That's why I get put out. Just, if if you can, if you folks, can, uh, you know, just go ahead and get put out. It's free if you're 100 percent through the VA. So there you go. See, if, if you can be a disabled veteran, just go ahead and do it. I recommend it. Wow. So you know, so you have like, so there's your stratification. So in, in dentist in terms, de- dentistry. in terms, of, in terms of going to the dentist, so that makes you, that easier. So there you go. <laughs> there's other things that you know right. complicates, but whatever. There you go. There you go. There you go. So at the top here, you got your stratification. So at the top, you got you know, it's like the mayor, and then slightly below that, there's like the dentist, and then below that. <laughs> Mayor and then the dentist. Yeah, you got like the mayor because you got to have the mayor. You know, someone's got to give out the key to the city, right? <laughs> so you got the mayor. I'm trying to follow. And then right, and then below that's the dentist, and so then below that is I mean I guess that would be what like the town drunk. 
This is a weird order you're in. I mean, maybe. So, and then below that, no, probably like, I don't know. And then below that, I I I'm not really sure how my family got brought into this. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, because I was going to say, because below that, you probably have like, I don't know, the the, the local podcasters, right? I and mean, that, that would be at the bottom, the dregs, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're somewhere down there. Possibly. Maybe. Sure. So today we have the, we have the toothache. And so, uh, we're going to start here. The toothache, uh, Oh, man, Dostoevsky says, here, of course, one does not remain silently angry, all right? So, you know, you're, you know, I don't know about you, Steve, but when I'm sick, I'm miserable. I mean, my wife will tell you. I mean, I'm the worst person to be sick ever. It's the man cold. The, the man cold? Yeah. It's the man cold. Yeah. Right? The you, man cold, the man flu. Man. You know, I'll tell you, my wife, when she gets a flu... It is like she is just she is she is she is angry because she wants to be productive and she is going to shake her fist at the sky and she is going to be as productive as she can. She's going to get up and she's going to do whatever she can. So, you know, she's always pressing. But me, I always got the moon. Uh, no, if I if I get sick, forget it. I'm done. I'm in bed. In, in bed. If, forget if it. Yeah. The house relied on me. It would sink. Uh, man. But my my wife. No, but that's all women. That's that's why the stereotype exists. That's where the man flu stereotype came from. I guess so. Women walk through sicknesses. They do. Yeah. They, they, they'll give birth, boom, 36 sure. hours later, they're out making dinner at home, feeding the baby. Oh, yeah, true and like, very I didn't true. get any sleep at the hospital at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, very true. Very true. You know, it's, a, it's funny uh, you mentioned that. With each kid, it's a little different. You know, I remember when, when our oldest was born, I took two weeks. I had two weeks off um, that I took. And uh, when my our second was born, I think I took five days. And then when the third one was born, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I went out back after a day. I don't know. Everybody wanted me out of the house, you know. <laughs> Get out of the house, you know. So I think it was one day. But anyhow, back to the toothache. You know, you see the people... When people get ill, and this is something where I get frustrated at times, whereas people will always want to let you know that they're ill. And so being a logical person, I always think, you know, if you have pain and I know that you have pain, like, just keep it inside. You know, there's, there's no point to it. I mean, just keep it inside and let's not, you know, because it's either, it's either death or life, right? I mean, either the light switch is on or the light switch is off. And if there's pain... What's the point of vocalizing it? And so, uh, you know, we see here the underground man, he shares the same opinion. And he talks about the futility of pain. Here, of course, one does not remain silently angry when moans, but these are not straightforward moans. They are crafty moans, and the craftiness is the whole point. Uh, here, you want to give it a try, one of these moans? Uh, um, no. No. Nope. No. Mm-mm. Give it a try. No, no, I, I don't. I you gotta know. try. No, Give it a try. How about this one? <clears throat> try this one. Uh, pretty good. That's a growl. Oh, well, I was like, it's kind of like a wounded bear, you know. Uh, How about this one? Uh, pretty good. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty good. I used to have a CD, uh, Halloween-ish sounds on it. Oh yeah, and that was like one of the. Like the like the dying old man voice. Oh man, a uh, d- dying old man. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe dying old man. How about toothache voice? What was toothache voice? 
Um, I can't say that on air. <laughs> I don't deal well with tooth pain, man. I get put out. No, it, it just doesn't get out, man. It, tooth, tooth, no. Mm -mm. Oh man. So we have the. Uh, I don't, I, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I just don't think the moaning is a audible thing here, because. He says, well, even in toothache, and I, I, the note that I took on this was... No, I, I really think it words, is audible. tooth... Uh, you, okay, well... No, but go ahead, go ahead, go so, ahead. So I guess we're, we we disagree a little bit here. Yeah, go ahead. I wrote down that toothache is worded weird. That's what I wrote down for this. It is, because it says, well, even in toothache, there's enjoyment. Not in a toothache, just even in toothache. Well, he As says here, he says... Toothache is like a condition. Well, it is like a condition. You can have a toothache for a month, you know. I mean, that can happen. But that's I, a, that's a toothache. That's no, a it is. tooth, not teeth. I had a toothache for about a week. It was right here, really tor terrible. But you said a toothache. A toothache. Right. Yeah. Here, I think it says in, at a toothache here in mine. When when you have you have like a long lasting toothache, you know. Here, let's go to the second page, and it says here. It says in in these moans there is expressed. First, all the futility of our pain. So humiliating for our consciousness. And I thought that was such important. I want to come back to that. And all the lawfulness of nature, on which, to be sure, you spit, but from which you suffer all the same. While it does not, there is expressed the consciousness that your enemy is nowhere to be found. And yet there is pain. The consciousness that, despite all possible Wagenheims, so Wagenheim. So this is what we need to do. We need to go down to the local dentist and and and, and call him that. Oh, Wagenheim, right? And so where that comes from, uh, just in case any of you out there are not familiar, uh, that um, there actually were eight dentists in Petersburg uh, at the time of uh, that this was written, named Wagenheim, that were practicing in the city. Uh, so he's referring to dentist. Uh, so he's referring to dentist by their last name there. Maybe it was a family of dentists, right? I'm one of those listeners out there. Well, you know, the thing... <laughs> I was like, I come across, I'm like, what? Well, you know, here, here's the thing, is that the Wagenheims, if they had nine people that were all that were all dentists, they might have been part of the same family, in which case, it goes to show that dentists don't get shot, not even in uh, 19th century Petersburg, because if they did, there wouldn't be that many hanging around. Well, if, maybe healthcare was like... It is now where it takes forever to see a doctor. You really want to be in toothache for that long? Maybe, maybe so, maybe so. I, I did this, um, I love this uh, th this imagery that he talks about here, the humiliation of one's consciousness. All right, so the humiliation of one's consciousness. What do you think he means by that? He said that about 10 minutes ago, and honestly, I got no idea. You, well, you said that before we went on air, and I, I, I'm thinking to myself, like, Humiliation of your consciousness. Yeah. I don't know. All I could think was making fun of yourself in your own head. Well, I mean, he says here, he says, the consciousness is, the consciousness that your enemy is nowhere to be found. Uh, and so uh, I think, you know, the humiliation of your consciousness, because to the underground man, his gig is overthinking. And so he's constantly, you know, he's constantly circling the top of the mountain. Right, that's. I always think of it that way. Whenever I think of overthinking, I always envision like a like a top of a mountain, and there's like a plane or a helicopter. And if you're circling the top of the mountain, you can see the the same mountain, but from different points of view. 
And so he's constantly circling the mountain, except this time it's kind of like being in the plane and then you're coming up to the mountain, except there's no mountain. But yet, you know, he, he still circles. He's like circling nothing. So he has the enemies nowhere to be found, and yet there is pain. So he has like he has this thing that he has to engage. He can't ignore. That's the thing about pain. You know, pain can never be ignore, ignored. Uh, they say to manage pain, and, uh, and it, but pain can never be ignored. Uh, so it, when he feels this pain, you know, there's nobody to engage it, right? I mean, how do you engage pain? Except, I mean, it, it, are there multiple ways to engage pain? Yeah, you can. I, I mean, there's multiple ways to do anything. You can, you can ignore it, or you can try to make yourself forget about it. You can take, uh, not advertising, but mm. ibuprofen or Motrin or whatever. Oh well, yeah, I guess you could do that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose um, you could do that. Depends on what the, you know. Are you in mental anguish? Are you in physical pain? I don't know. Well, I think he's in mental anguish. I, I think he probably is. I mean, he says here, and it's very interesting. He talks about he talks about the lawfulness of nature. And uh, he talks about the lawfulness of nature and how nature cannot be changed. And it's very interesting here that nature, it cannot be changed even by spite. You know, even by spite. Um, You know, it's kind of like, it's very interesting. You know, uh, Kierkegaard said, uh, you uh, uh, you know, he said, we don't pray to change God's mind. We, We pray to change our own mind, right? We, we pray to change ourselves and the underground man, spite is like a form of prayer. I mean, it's like, he's not spiting the doctor, the kidney for his kidneys. He's not going to spite the doctor because he knows it doesn't matter. However, he's full of spite and the spite that he feels is for himself. Uh, and so, you know, the spite that he feels changes himself. And yet now he, he has bad kidneys and the, the reaction to his bad kidneys is to spite himself. And now he has this pain, all right, this pain that you can do nothing about. And so you can't change it. You know, even by spite, you can't change it. Uh, and so you kind of become like, you kind of become like a slave, right? You get like this master-slave relationship. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think about social media. Uh, now, we like to bring this back to culture. We like to talk about social media and, and how it does affect our culture. Um, I think you see this a lot when you have a major victory on the left or the right. Whereas, whereas if someone's kidneys are bad, they'll want to they want to introduce spite into the conversation, and so you know an online troll have they want to introduce spite and all sorts of uh, of, of of other uh, methods that they want to try to uh, react to the opposite side when they have a victory, uh, but many times things cannot be changed. Uh, the laws of nature cannot be changed, even by spite. Uh, I think recently, for example. Um, when Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. And on Twitter, there was so much vitriol from leftists, but there was this this recognition that things couldn't be changed, you know? And, and it's always, you always get the sense of of this acceptance that, um, that, you know, because the revolution hasn't happened yet, you know, and I know that the right has their own, they, they have their own blind spots. But on the left, when you see the blind spots, it's always when they win an election. It's never about legislating. It's always about, you know, revolution, like 2008, oh, here comes the revolution, you know, everything's going to change, and it doesn't, and then when the midterms come around 2010, everyone feels this way, they feel like, oh, uh, they feel like nature can't be changed, oh, America can never be changed, the laws can never be changed, and they be, they have this slave relationship, you know, that uh, to it, where they can't change it, 
and then recently with Roe v. Wade, they, they feel like they can't change it. And now people will say, oh, well, um, you know, now we need to, rather we need a supermajority. Or uh, other people are saying, no, we need to uh, tear down the institution of the Supreme Court. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's a similarity here between the way that the underground man speaks and what we see there in the sense of a toothache and in the sense of feeling powerless to what we see. Well, yeah, because he, he says, you know, uh, <clears throat> when he's talking about the wagon animus, he says you're in complete slavery to your teeth, that if someone wishes it, your teeth will leave off aching. Mm. And if he does not, they will go on aching another three months. And that finally, if you are still contumacious and still, prote- and still protest, all that is left... Uh, all it is left you for you, you, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna edit that out because that was ridiculous. All right, no, no, you're fine. So, no, I, I think, um, I think you're right because when he goes back and talks, you see him talking about the Wagenheims at the yeah. tennis, and he says you're in complete slavery to your teeth there. Yes. Uh, yeah, your teeth are kind of there. They're part of you. There is no changing that. And when they hurt. Well, yeah, you're pretty powerless to stop it. I mean, mm. there's quite a few things you can take care of your yourself, you know? Right. This is almost like a surgical procedure. Like, you really can't do anything about it. You're just sort of stuck with it until somebody else does something. Boy. Just like the left with the Supreme Court decision. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And you, you get kind of stuck with it. And it's funny. It's interesting how they, they talk. He talks about the consolation. I think it's, it's next. And he talks about, uh, in terms of your teeth, that you can whip yourself and you can beat the wall with your fist. And so those are things that you can do. Uh, you know, um, so uh, I think what we see in our modern age is you see the stratification of uh, various social media platforms. Uh, for example, TikTok seems this way to me. Now, I don't have a TikTok, and I don't have it downloaded, and I'm not even, I, I wouldn't know TikTok if it came up and slapped me in the face. But it seems to me that this is a social media platform where people go, to perform for other people of the same ilk, right? I mean, oftentimes on Twitter, I'll see people will share TikTok videos, and they're the most outrageous videos that you can find. And it occurs to me that they're outrageous because no one on TikTok thinks that it's going to get outside of that stratosphere, you know? And it's it's interesting how, you know, people people circumvent technology for, ident- for identity. You know, they get on TikTok, and they feel liberty to say these outrageous things or to do these outrageous things. Uh, and then they want to go to Twitter to signal to a certain demographic. They may go to Instagram to uh, signal a different demographic. And so, you know, this is where I always look at, you know, social media as proxy war. You know, you can draw out these maps, you know, and that people treat them like like proxy wars. And I think this is only going to get, um, like, they're like different locations on a map, okay? And I think this is only going to develop more as more time goes by and as, Generate as the boomers die off and Generation X gets older and we have more young people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree. Yeah. So he talks about uh, the one who moans, right? The one, the man of European civilization, right? Uh, you'll have to edit out that space. Yep. I'm writing it down right now. 
Beautiful. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Yep. <laughs> right. I got the two edits edits written in there. All right, wonderful. Okay, what was the next bullet point you're headed to? All right, uh, that's going to be the pleasure. See where it says the pleasure? Yeah. And he's got the one who moans, and then uh, he says here. Oh, man. A man of European civilization. Yeah, when he's beginning to moan, not as he did on the first day, that is not simply because he has a toothache. Not like some coarse peasant, but like a man touched by development. You know, like a man who has renounced the soil and popular roots. Which, <clears throat> that's a common phrase in the day. But it was actually, it was used in a magazine. There was a magazine that Dostoevsky and his brother were editors of. They had like this local magazine. And so it was a common phrase that was used in their magazine. So that's Dostoevsky actually using a common phrase that he found in a magazine that he edited with his brother. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just interesting, yeah. And I don't, Fun fact for the day. Yeah, right. No, no doubt. No doubt. Fun fact for the day. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, so <clears throat> um, his moans somehow turn bad, nastily wicked, and continue for whole days and nights. Yet he himself knows that his moan will be of no use. So I don't, all this stuff will be cut out. <clears throat> uh, I'm keeping whatever you just put in there, but oh, you are. So I'll have to cut that out now. All right. Well, that's fine. But yeah. Go ahead and cut that out. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that little random fact you put in there. Though. I like that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Great. Uh, so, anyhow, uh, we're gonna continue on talking about the results of the moan. So there are two people here in this partnership. There's the one who moans, and then there's the one who listens. So which one usually are you? Me? Yeah. Oh, man. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I complain all the time. You're not going to lie? No. Nope. Happens. I, I complain all the time. It happens. I do. Man, I know it happens. Hard to stop, isn't I it? Just, I just do. You just do. I mean, I, I, I live in pain 24-7. Oof. Uh, it it's not going to stop. So then the doctors have told me it's not going to stop. Okay, it's not going to stop. So then you're an expert on this here, right? I mean, this is your chapter. <laughs> this is not exactly uh, where the chapter I want to identify with my life. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'm, I don't find I'm with you. I don't find like there's there's no benefit in walking around and you know just having such a crazy sad expression on my face and mm -hmm. moaning out loud and yeah yeah and all that like will you hear me like creak and groan when i get up like yeah of course like i don't think you understand what's happening back there i get two replaced discs at my age you know, i'm right 36 years old and sure I'm tore up from the floor up man Ooh, man tore up from the floor up <laughs> <laughs> wow I steal phrases too. See, I stole that one <laughs> from my mom when i was a kid oh, <laughs> oh man Ma'am. She's tore up from the floor, too. Man. <laughs> Tough business. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, man. She, she may or may not listen. I don't know. Man. <laughs> so the one, we have the results of the moan. So for the, the the one who moans, okay, vain exertion, all right? Vain exertion for the one who moans. So the person who moans is aware of the vanity. And so here's the paradox, is they're aware of the vanity. And so they know... And for this year, this makes total sense to me because you can go on Twitter today, all right? You can just log on and you can look at any comment. And I guarantee you that in two seconds, you can find a comment that's put out there. And the person who knows to put the comment there, it's totally vain. I mean, it's, a, it's vain and it's a total waste of time, right? I mean, it's not moving the needle. It's not doing anything. 
And so we have vain exertion. So, you know, uh, and, and so, you know, a moan. A moan is useless. But how about restating the problem is useless? You know, so someone will come out and they, they will restate, they'll restate a fact. You know, if I say to you, Steve, it's a beautiful day outside. You say, yeah, Tom, it's really sunny outside. You know, I mean. I was, politely, I was just politely agreeing with you. Well, no, it's true. In a, in a personal interaction. <laughs> in a personal interaction. Fine. In a personal interaction, I think there's a real place for that. <laughs> On social media, not so much. So I think that, uh, you know, this leads to. That's, hey, you know where else that happens? Yeah, tell me. Car accidents. Car accidents. <laughs> Car accident scenes. <laughs> you want to talk redundancy. <laughs> I'm not even a 911 operator, and I can tell you right now, yeah. I hate those people. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does everyone got to be a hero? Tell me more. Like that same person the next day when they're stuck in traffic, sure, because it's just traffic, <laughs> normal traffic. Okay, they're mad. They're mad. They're but, mad. They're mad. But today, because Angela had a bad car accident, she ain't never met Angela a day in her life. Okay, <laughs> she's got time. She can call her boss. Hey, she can pick her kids late up. Or up, up late from the from the babysitter. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone wants to be a hero. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. That stuff isn't. I, I could see somebody flip down into the woods if somebody looks like they're pulling off to help them. Yeah. Not my monkeys. Not my circus. I have things <laughs> to do. I was not here. I did not see this. I am not filling out a witness report. Why do you people do that? Stop. If, like honestly, if you want to, if you want to be on the fire department, be on the fire department. Quit your job, go be on the fire department. You get to play with all kind of cool jaws of life and fire hoses and cool things. All sorts of things. You want to be a cop? Go do that. That looks fun. Wear a badge. Get shot at. Good times. You get to go to all those awesome accident scenes. You just can't wait to go to. Like all of them. five days into that job, they would never do that again. <laughs> never. Never. You pull over, it'd be a two-car accident. There's 75 cars pulled over. You're like, what happened here? Big wreck. Nope. Fender bender. There's 73 people called 911. Yeah. And now got to fill out witness reports. You know how bad the cops hate you? <laughs> now they got to, they don't even know who's driving this vehicle anymore. Yeah, right. You, you just made a mountain out of a molehill. Go Man. wreck into something if you're that interested in what yeah, it looks like. There it is. I'll- Buy a demo derby game on your Xbox. Something. <laughs> Something. Quit. <laughs> the rubbernecking man is just right. is, is is bad. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, I'm off my hobby horse. All right, no, it's good. It's good. Sorry. No, but it's true though. In, in the book, you know, he says, you know, those who hear the moan, they know that the moaner can moan differently or choose not to at all. You know, and so they 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 you know, and, and here's the thing is, I love how it comes back around because he talks about the spite. He says. He says, um, and that it's just from spite and craftiness that he is playing around like that. Uh, and so that's from chapter four. You know, we see that it's not about the pain. It's about the spite, right? So if you're in bed and you're at pain, oh, I have pain, oh, right? It's not yeah, really about... It sounds like you. Yeah, probably. But it's not about the pain. It is. It's, it is, that's, probably. That's me getting into bed. <laughs> there he goes. Oh, man, right here. There you go. Right. That's it. You that's me what? getting up from this podcast. It's just, I know it's true, man. <laughs> Steve, you're going to have a great time putting that on a loop afterwards. All right. <laughs> I know that one's coming. So the, the, um, 
you know, but it's not the pain, right? I mean, because, you know, we, we don't live in this illusion like, oh, I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna have my wife feel pain. I'm going to have Steve feel the pain. You know, I get up after this podcast and it's going, oh, my back, right? And Steve, like, you're not going to feel my pain, right? Ah, but the pain's not the point. Ooh, the spite is the point. It's the spite, right? For me, it's just complaining so I feel better. No, but it's the spite that makes you feel better. You know, go back to chapter one, right? I mean, you know. Uh, it's I don't know. I guess it's a spite that makes him feel better. Maybe, maybe it's me being like spiteful about the pain, like, like whatever pain in your face, pain. Right. Take that pain. Yeah, perhaps. Right. Deal with you pain. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, man, man. Perhaps. Yeah. Right. Perhaps. It's kind of like, like it's like like shaking your fist at clouds. You know. Like, right? I mean, if that's the definition of spite, then yeah, that's what it is. I, I guess. Yeah. So the, but. uh yeah, you have that that spite, you know, and it's just the spite and the craftiness, you know, and so it's it's all it's in the timing. It's very creative, you know. It's 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 the spite that you're expressing, and then how you express it, uh, you know. And the the underground man calls it sensual. I mean, right? We have it here. I mean, he says uh, he says this is a sensual thing, uh, and he says uh, uh, he says uh, you must attain a. a a profundity of development and consciousness to understand to understand all the curves of this sensuality. All right, so the sensuality. So the sensuality is a combination of two things. All right, in the chapter. So in the chapter, we have two things that create this sense of sensuality. There's consciousness, and then there's disgrace. Okay, so we see the consciousness circle back to where he's talking about nature, and he's talking about how the conscient, the consciousness is humiliated. It's humiliated by nature. So, for example, in the previous chapter, we see mathematics. All right, mathematics is approached by the underground man. So the underground man approaches mathematics and he scoffs. He doesn't have to give the mathematics the objectivity that it deserves. However, with pain, it's different. See, pain inflicts itself upon him. So, therefore, he's humiliated and so, in his consciousness, and then there's this disgrace, okay? And the disgrace is that humiliation. That humiliation comes in, it creates that disgrace. And so, he calls this sensuality here. Um, you know, he, he says uh, uh, transparency and vulnerability, all right? So, he, he talks about this. Okay, you'll have to cut this out. i got to find this here. Yeah. Okay, you know, and mark that, yeah. All right, the one who wants to be a hero is anything but a hero. All right. Don't sleep then. You too should feel every moment that I have a toothache. For you, I'm no longer a hero as I once wished to appear, but simply a vile little fellow. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Where does he say it to the bottom of me? Oh, where does he say that? Oh, where does he say you've gotten to the bottom of me? It's right at the end, I think. He says, I am very glad that you see through me. Yeah, I think so here. Yeah, I'm very glad. Where does he say that? I'm very glad. Understand all the curves of the sensuality. 
And then he says, you're laughing? I'm very glad. To be sure, gentlemen, my jokes are in bad tone, uneven, confused, self-mistrustful. But that is simply because I don't respect myself. How can a man of consciousness have the slightest respect for himself? Ooh, that's a heavy load. All right, so we're going to pick this up in, <clears throat> excuse me, in three, two, one. So the underground man, he sees himself here as a hero. I'll take this from the book. Don't sleep then. You too should feel every moment that I have a toothache. For you, I'm no longer a hero, as I once wished to appear, but simply a vile little fellow. So we have here one who wants to be a hero, but is anything but. All right. And he cannot appear as he wishes to appear. So at the expense of getting, uh, at the expense of uh, making our, listen- our listeners blush, I would actually contrast this with the the act of sexual intimacy. All right, so I think we have a direct correlation here, a direct comparison here between the transparency and the vulnerability that comes with that comes with um, that comes with disgrace. All right, that comes with disgrace in your consciousness. All right, so this this disgrace you can compare it to sexual intimacy because when you're being sexually intimate with someone. It doesn't matter how much you want to be a hero, all right? You either are or you're not, okay? There's this level of transparency there where you're really, it's hard to project. And he cannot appear as he wishes to appear. And that's the whole point of overthinking. You know, for the, the, for the, uh, for the underground man, it's all about perspective. And it's all about circling around the top of that mountain and creating change perspectives. But in the act of intimacy, the underground man, of like sexual intimacy, uh, whether you're the underground man or not, you're not going to be able to project that. So it's really, you're, you're transparent in a very real kind of way. And this is what the underground man calls sensuality. It's what he calls the disgrace and the humiliation of the consciousness. Something that can only be caused by pain and probably goes a long way towards his hatred of the man of action. You know, you remember that from the previous chapter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's like that heel-baby-face relationship again we were talking about. Yeah, well, he doesn't like the man of action because he's not a man of action. <laughs> All right, that's true. And the man of action, the man of action is only stopped by what is impossible. Right. Uh, whereas the man of heightened consciousness suffers because pain is inflicted upon him by nature. You know, he's a slave to his teeth. Yeah, the problem is the guy, he's playing victim because, you know what, so is the man of action. man of action has teeth, too. Well, that's true. You know, is there a difference here? We don't. We don't see the man of action in this chapter. I don't think. Well, yeah, because it would make him look bad. <laughs> he doesn't measure up to the man of action. He doesn't measure up to the man of action. So he's trying to justify himself in any other way that he can. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, very nice here. He says one must attain the pr- the profundity of development and consciousness to understand all the curves of this sensuality. So again, he's talking about you must attain. So there's more overthinking, more of the circling uh, in here. And he says, uh, he says, I'm very glad. I'm very glad you've gotten to the bottom of me. Oh man! All right. So uh, here at the end here. So what are your thoughts here at the end of this last chapter, this last paragraph? <laughs> uh, well, I... I uh, didn't you, la- didn't you laugh we, at the same time? Before we... Yeah, I right as I 
as I as I turned the page, um, it was interesting how mine was laid out because he just starts to get real ornery, <laughs> and as it made me laugh, the very next word on my page was you, and the word for that was laugh. And then question mark. It's like, oh, you laugh. Oh. And I'm like, actually, yeah. Like, uh. He's like, delighted. I jest, <laughs> gentlemen, who are, of course, in bad taste, jerky, involved, lacking self-confidence. But, of course, that is because I do not respect myself. Can a man of perception respect himself at all? And this guy's like, he's like Eminem from 8 Mile. <laughs> that last rap where he's like, there, tell right. them something they don't know about me now, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, true enough. But before that, like, what what started to make it so you funny know, to you me know, was when this, he said everyone else see, has thing, to stay Steve, you know, All of this will be worth it, you know, if at some point in the distant future, like, you know, somebody, you know, somebody does a rap battle, like, a, we get, like, a Dostoevsky rap battle. <laughs> like, that would be, like, we get, like, we get, like, the under G-Man. We get, like, the, we get, like, the under G-Man and the, and, and the man, the, 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 the man, the man of Acton, right? We got, what? <laughs> Acton. <laughs> Acton, man, right? We got, so, we got to get the rap battle going on, man, between these two. It'll all be worth it at that point, see? <laughs> all the blood, sweat, and tears, every one of them. Dostoevsky <laughs> <laughs> better stay on his side of the tracks, man. It's rough. <laughs> right. It's rough over here. That's right, man. There ain't no, there ain't no Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> man. There ain't no Michelle Pfeiffer here, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, that whole last bit of the chapter, man, just, he, he just went from, like, the normal, just kind of pissy underground, man, to, like, he was angry. Like, every word he wrote, he was just, like, like – Feeling pressing down harder with the pen. Well, yeah, and you know why? You know? Because of the humiliation of the consciousness. It's right there in the chapter, right? Yeah. Yeah, because why? Because it's the moan, right? Like, put clever. down the pen and go be the man of action. How about that? Well, yeah, but look at the moan, how clever it is, right? Don't you say how clever the moan is? I mean, right? At the end of the chapter? How's clever? Who's he moaning to? Well, who's he moaning? He's moaning to the person who was laughing was you, apparently, 150 years later. I mean, that's pretty good, you know? Oh. I mean, I waited for 150 years and wow. about uh, and halfway across He's the road. roasting me from the grave. He did, man. The under G man is roasting you. I mean, he, he's, he's, you, you were getting murdered over there from the grave 150 years ago. And they were sitting here talking about the man of action. Wow, I feel stupid. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> no, no. Well, 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 to no. be fair, it's not like I felt very smart trying to read this anyway. No, 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 no. Listen, man, no, it's not like that. Is it, we're, this is good. I mean, this this book is uh, is deep. It's, hey, man, you know, it's deep, it's a lot of deep. levels, and that's why. That, yeah, and it's true. It's deep, and that's why we take it chapter by chapter. That's why we're we're slodging through it man you know and 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 the consciousness you know what you should do is you got to get the consolation see once you discover that you once you discover that you know you're you're getting owned by a guy from 150 years ago by a fictional character from 150 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. And right, that's I'll when you right out. Yeah, see, that's when you go and you whip yourself, right? That's when you go and you whip yourself, and oh. that's when you have to beat the wall with your fist, right? That's right there in the chapter. So, oh, okay. Well, no, I mean, I'm the, glad that you've worked this out already. Well, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm just. You have, you've already gone like 12 rounds with Underground Man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already taken a. Couple I'm over of, here in round three, thinking I got a chance. Like well, I've taken no, some good hits, but I'm no, like, no, you're I'm doing all right. Fine. No, you're doing just fine. I've just had a couple more plane trips around the top of the mountain. You know, <laughs> this is all it is. A couple more trips around the sun. Too. That's right, man. See, that's <laughs> just a few. <laughs> so, and I think that as far as like you know, at the end, I don't respect myself, right? 
Ah, you know, the underground man is always ashamed of the things that he admires, you know, like... Like, dude, you just roasted me from 150 years ago from the grave, a man of 2022, I'm reading your stuff on a thing I can swipe back and forth. Here we are. You're like, bam, roasted, and then you ended up with, can a man of perception respect himself at all? Dude! You're lucky I ain't your friend. I'm about to I'm about to slap you back alive. <laughs> Let's get some confidence, dude. You're a pretty smart dude. Get him up. Right? Get him up, man. Saying. Man, look at this, man. And so anything, anything good or anything real or anything he likes or admires, right? He says, Oh, uh, you know, how can he have respect? He he this guy has literally literally called himself I mean, we can go back. I mean, right? Can we go back to the other chapters? I mean, he's called himself the smartest guy alive. He's he has a heightened consciousness. He sees all. He's yeah. smarter than other people. He 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 sees more than other people see. I mean, you can go on and on and on, right? So the this guy right here is why they made red flag laws. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy is the reason for them. Can you see, like can you? Can you I'm imagine? a conservative, and I'm turning this dude in <laughs> if he's alive today, right? And they let people have guns back then with no licenses. Man, whoa, Woo, man! Can you imagine? Can you? Can you imagine the? the can you imagine the captain's office during this time? You're like, you're like Captain Jones. I have a report here. We have a man on 57th and nine. Uh, we have uh, we have we have under G man. You know, like we're, we're, yeah, we go. Can you imagine the case against this guy? You know, like. Okay, okay, officer. Uh, we got a real problem. Why do we need to pick this guy up? Uh, well, um, he, he, uh, he he's pretty spiteful. Like, dude, yeah, read okay. read right. chapter four. Okay, chapter four. If you have no right. problems with that, after I'll, right. I'm not going to call you. That's anymore. right. Well, why is he? Well, he's the, he's the smartest guy ever. He's, he has a bad kidney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we he's got no reason to live and every reason to live at the same time. Right, exactly. You know, and he's he's got a problem with 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 he's got a problem with with men of action. You know, like yourself. You know, uh, yeah, yo. Know, like uh, he's are you a man of action? That's right. He's okay, that's exactly why you want to go over there, right? Right. This guy, like, listen, we have all these inner dialogues and keep me up at night. Like he's constantly trying to justify his inner identity by trying to balance power dynamics with spite and and boastfulness, and he's lashing out, and it's keeping up the neighbors, and he, uh, and, and 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 the trash doesn't get taken out. It smells. I mean, get these people over here, right? <laughs> I mean, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, right? It gets it gets refilled on a too frequent basis. That's for sure. Man, you know that that very if, sap. If it does get straight. taken out, it, it gets refilled. But you know, here it's like that small act of defiance. You know, like he would he would probably give up his guns just to spite himself. I mean, that would be the way. You know, no, you're say, right. Absolutely, because he would he would give up the guns and he would say, "I don't give up the guns to spite the police officer because I know that the police officer is not spite is not spited spouted spited spouted." Speeded? I spite, right? As a verb, I spite, right? Aren't you? You're an English teacher. No, I, I, I know, but people never use oh spite as a verb. People never use goodness. spite as a verb in the past tense. I'll get you a video. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we have, so we have, he would say the police officer was not spited, but he himself would be spited and he would enjoy it. There would be a pang, or what would he call it? He would say the very sap of that strange pleasure that I was talking about consists of red flag laws. Should I turn you in? That was way too accurate. Uh, <laughs> right. That was pretty good. Right. Wow, man. You know, I feel like that was straight from the book. Well, yeah, it's uh, not in the book anywhere. Uh, well, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
<laughs> Whoa. Hey, listen, man. Hey. We don't need, I don't need any of that, all right? You just, you just think. You just leave it alone. That's man, fine. all right? No, unbelievable, man. What is this? Man, unreal. So we have it. He just, anything that is good, he spites. And so now here we are at the end of chapter four, self-mistrustful, but that is simply because I don't respect myself. How can a man of consciousness have the slightest respect? How can a man of consciousness have the slightest respect for himself? This is a good question. So I'm going to ask that question for you. So how can a man of heightened consciousness, why wouldn't you have respect for yourself? Like as opposed to the man of action. Like we're, we haven't gone in the chapter yet, so let's go ahead and watch. I have one word. I'm going to hit you with the smartest thing I've ever said in the whole podcast. This is Wait, what? This goodbye? Is, this is full. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, listen, man. Wow. You're listen. turning me in for red flag laws. I mean, what am I supposed to do? You're writing your own chapters of Underground, man. It's is a little it freaky. Right? Oh, man. Oh, oh man. The so word. That. Oh, man. We got man, here's, haymakers here. Haymakers. Here's, here's why. Here's why. Yes. Are, are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me up. Humility. Whoa. Wait, okay. Humility. Humility. Here, hit me up. All right. Here's deep, up. right? Yeah, wow. No, Humility. Deep. That's why. Deep. deep. That's why. Yeah, wow. Because if you're, if you have... If you're woke enough, <laughs> I had I ha ha ha. I had to audibly laugh after that. That's not how I talk. But no, okay. If, if you're aware, if you're aware enough of yourself, sure. okay, sure, right. You have a heightened contents or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. And you're you're very aware of the fact that you're fallible, like everybody else. Well, see, this is again, it's a great concept because we talked about this in, in the end of chapter three. Um, that this. Sinful nature without sin, and sal- and a, sa- a salvation without without a savior, right? So you know this overthinking. I mean, we're constantly going around, but we're never coming to any conclusion, right? And this is what I hate about power dynamics. You know, it's like there's no objective. There's no objective there. I mean, we're always just we're always balancing the power for one over the other, and then of course, you know, someone's always benefiting. So. You know, you need an objective truth there. And so the underground man doesn't have the objective truth. He, he rejects math. And, you know, and even in pain, he he insists on being clever and crafty, you know, uh, and, and superimposing this upon upon his, his pain and, and upon his his moaning. Uh, so there's no there's no sin for a sinful nature. And then instead of salvation, there's only spite. You know, we have, you know, it's like kind of like we have like this kind of self-immolation, you know, I think of maybe like monks in the mountain, you know, maybe they don't, they don't eat, you know, if you're like a, like a monk and then you're not eating or, or, or you're having like this, this sort of a, of a ritual. Well, it's a spiteful ritual here for this, this, the underground man, you know, the a narcissist, you know, it's kind of a, 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 well, I mean, I think of it, it's kind of a, it's nihilism there, you know, yeah there's, there's nothing there. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is chapter number four. We thank you for joining us today. This is the Blunderground Railroad. We are traveling from ignorance to knowledge in our quest to understand society and give names to the cultural rot that we see. All right, until next time when we see chapter number five. Thank you for joining Tom and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad. Join us next time as we seek to travel from ignorance to knowledge. And check out their other podcasts, Notes from Blunderground and the Digital Blunderground. See you next time.